With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Father, we thank you, Lord, for you're always with us, dear Lord. If we will hear you and talk to you, Lord, you always listen to us. And Lord, in this purpose of these evening talks, I know it's unorthodox in every way that I do this. But Lord, the reason I do it is because we know that you always are in the midst of when we're speaking, dear Lord, your words, because your words only come with the full measure of your spirit. And Lord, I'm trying to teach the way of your words. And so, Lord, when I come to you like this for the sake of your people, I'm also coming to you like this for the sake of what you commanded us to do in Joel 2, 12 to 20, which you said, gather the people and plead to you for them. And Lord, I'm trying to make known your words to people. I'm trying to make known your ways to people. Lord, what you've revealed to me, you told me to take your words to the world. I'm trying to do it. And Lord, we're trying to do it is the only way we know, without the resources. Dear Lord, without people hearing. But Lord, it, there's nothing, nothing like you when you were on earth, sir, Lord, and you were in your ministry. When you came to your own people, Lord. And there, dear God, they would not receive you and they crucified you. Or they would follow you because they loved to hear the miracles. You spoke to them in parables. And dear Lord, you told them that they didn't understand your speech because they couldn't discern your words. And so they didn't know what kind of parables you were really talking to them. You talked to them in stories. But what you were doing was explaining the ways of the words to them. And they didn't understand it. And Lord, they didn't even understand their own laws because the laws were not being taught by the rabbis correctly. Lord, they didn't understand them. So they couldn't talk to him. So, Lord, as I come to you in these evenings and we talk, and it seems a little unorthodox and maybe it offends some, but, Lord, we're speaking about the way of your words, hoping, dear Lord, knowing that we're doing this in front of you as a testimony, dear Lord, so that, dear Lord, that you might give your blessing to all those who will hear and inquire of you, because you promised, dear Lord, in verses Proverbs one twenty. The 23 of your wisdom, your words are calling out our words constantly. And those who will hear will turn to you. If they will turn to you, you said, dear Lord, you pour out your spirit upon them and cause them to know your words. And Lord, I'm just trying to call out your words. Lord, by your spirit, because you said the full measure of your spirit is in your words. Dear Lord, John 334 never comes with anything but the full measure of your spirit. So, Lord, we're speaking this to the people and letting them understand. And we're asking you, Lord, to please tremble the people. Allow them to understand, dear God, they're missing so much. We all are. And, Lord, as you know, I've never come to you, Lord, entitled. I've never come to you, dear God, feeling like, dear Lord, it's something special. Dear Lord, I'm just trying to do, feebly do what you've asked me to do. And Lord, I pray that you'll forgive my weaknesses and dear Lord, my failures. And Lord, we pray that your word goes because dear Lord, you said, Lord, that when we want it to be done in your word, Lord, there's nothing impossible 
So even with this poor message, with my poor voice, with my poor appearance, Lord, and even my poorness, dear Lord, we know that you will take it and use it, dear Lord, for good works if they will receive it. Father, tonight I'd like to speak just a couple things. First, dear God, is I'd like to talk uh, a little bit more about Joseph. And dear Lord, there's some archaeologists as listening about, dear Lord. And one of the things that is great and wonderful, dear Lord, is in in, in the Jewish histories, they always uh, state in this Torah that uh, Joseph was righteous and, and Noah was righteous. And dear Lord, they call Abraham, a man of God, they call Jacob a man of truth. Lord, those are the same. People don't understand the way of the words is why there's why they classify it as that and why you write it that way. But dear Lord, one of the things that's very interesting is Noah, Lamech spoke the blessing over Noah. And that blessing was that he would bring us back to the likeness of the Garden of Eden. He would pave the way for that. And so Noah, once you carried him through the flood, after he had gone through that horrific time of building the the ark and surely being mocked and surely being questioned, surely being chastised for it, and how sad it would be, dear Lord, to see the world being so destroyed. And dear Lord, today as we look around the world, dear God, you tell us in your own wording, in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, and Mark 13, uh, uh, 19 to 20, that these people of the world are so evil that they're trying to destroy all the flesh on the earth. And dear Lord, the, the church does not understand, like you said in Revelation 6, or excuse me, Revelation 3, 14 to 22, that they're about to be destroyed with them because they're allowing all this. It just saddens my heart, but and you think about Noah, dear God, it's the same situation. The church has not woke up to what sets them apart and enables it. And you made it clear in John five twenty four and Joel two twelve to twenty and John seventeen seventeen. Those three things. Let me repeat those verses: John five twenty four, Joel two twelve to twenty, and John seventeen seventeen. You made it very clear. And in John twelve forty eight, you told us that we're all going to be judged on all of us on the face of the earth, be judged by your words that you spoke and you were sent into the world to bear witness to the words of God. And you testified in John eighteen thirty seven that you accomplished that. And that was your instruction given from God in Deuteronomy 18, 18 to 19. And as John the Baptist prophesied, dear Lord, the prophetic word of John three twenty six to 36. So you did all these things. And it's testified to over and over. And the disciples and apostles testify to the words over and over. They talk about the knowledge of truth often. They take about they talk about faith. But faith comes by hearing the word. And people don't understand what faith is. And they just go on. But make it back to Joseph. What I was pointing out about Joseph and Noah, which I found very interesting. Joseph had went through a terrible time being, you know, discarded by his brothers. But the thing about Joseph is from a child, he was the one that really sought the knowledge of the words, the knowledge of good. That's why he was called righteous. Righteous is understanding the words and doing them. And that's why you, uh, Jacob sent him out to see if they did well. They translate the word as well. It, it means good. 
And only the Father is good, as you said, Lord. And the good that you're talking about is the works of God. So he went out to see if they were doing what Jacob had told him to do, how to do the way of the words, that they're good. And also he told him to go check and see if the animals were doing good. Because if they were shepherding the sheep like they were supposed to, and the animals, they would be doing good. But that was not being done. So uh, Joseph was the one that was constantly seeking this and to do it. Now, what the comparison is between Joseph and Noah is kind of interesting. Because it turns out that uh, Joseph was used to save the families, save the kingdom. And uh, you were working quietly to do that. So here he was when they came and he saved them in, in in Egypt, of course. But one of the interesting things that the archaeologists point out that they've found on stones is that Joseph's wife, it talks about a, 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 a summer garden or summer home uh, that they had that they would go to. And the house and place was named after her. And she had passed on, but it's obvious that she had been there. And they call her like a priestess. But she was the wife of Joseph. And Joseph did many marvelous works in the land of Egypt. And what is unique about this, what they're founding is that they were naming this place after her. It was a garden and it was a vineyard. In other words, it was a place and it was in the area that was in the Goshen area where um, they had, uh, uh, you know, where the Israelites had been. And they had made a summer home there, evidently. And there they made a vineyard, which the vineyard was named after Joseph's wife. Well, Joseph would, I mean, I've been talking in the last week or two about how women do, like the Proverbs 31 woman how they do the way of the words. And one of those, it's very interesting, is Joseph was trying to build the kingdom and trying to teach the eternal plan of God. And he was marvelous in the works that he did, like the six-step pyramid and the 11, um, he had the place where they made the grain filters. They now have seen it and, and uh, archaeologists have shown that it had uh, 11 levels five on each side, all pouring down into the middle one. So Levin, which is, I've explained to people, is the hidden power of God. And Joseph, you know, was a teacher of his 11 brothers as well, by the way. 12 is government, of course. But Levin, the word Levin, the number 11 is hidden. Many people try to say Levin is disunity, but that's Satan's teaching. In the way of the words, Levin means hid. In other words, it's the great power of the words of God. And so Joseph and his household, the woman keeps the household. And here you have the testimony. They say it's from, uh, it's signed by uh, Manasseh. And um, this was testifying to his mother being uh, overseer of a vine, a vineyard in her honor, which means that he was really saying that she was doing what was necessary to keep the way of good in her household. Joseph's household. And there's many stories about Joseph that people would come and he would allow them to stay in the house overnight and they'd be healed overnight. And that was another way of the words. And I want to come back to that in a second because they'd be healed when the morning come. Now, 
going back to Noah, what Noah did. Noah was a, a vine mate. Uh, he, made, he, he made a vineyard and produced the wine, and he taught the words. And everyone had the knowledge of the one pure language, the words of God. And that's what happened at the Tower of Babel. They were using it for evil. They wanted to uh, turn the power of God. And just, you know, it says right there in, in, in that Tower of Babel record that they did not want to go where God had told them to go, which was to be dispersed over the earth. Because in the chapter 10 before, chapter 11, where the tower is, he had already taught them uh, or he had already given them their languages and the nations that were there to go, but they refused to go. So uh, they took the one pure language and tried to use it to make a name for themselves, which a name means the uh, work that they're deciding to do for the kingdom of God. In other words, they're going to make their own name. This is the beginning of what you'd call the Masonic order. Um, where they were trying to, to do evil and they proclaim it to be light and they were trying to use words to do it. But they're and and uh, the ways of divine order, just like the, the crown trust that runs the world today is trying to do in a Masonic way. And they use the Vatican, they're using everybody to do this, Washington, D.C., all these people they're using to do this great evil. And uh, that's what the Tower of Babel was all about. It's uh, out, of, out of chaos, that's what they are. They were trying to make their own light. But they had the knowledge of the words where the crown trust does not have the knowledge of the words. They are far from it. They think they have the knowledge of the law because they base their uh, unlawful uh, contract laws of admiralty courts on a divine law that's based upon St. Thomas Aquinas' writings, which is faulty and without knowledge of truth. And so it's not based upon truth. It's based upon man's interpretation of divine scripture that they do not understand, and they twisted it, and they even used deceit because they take common words and twist them for evil. So that, that is like the Tower of Babel, same. Even, they even make... Uh, they even made the, the, one of their buildings uh, in the EU to look like the Tower of Builder, Babel, but it's, it's not even complete, but they're trying to build one. And they're doing everything to show uh, their, uh, you know, they think it's wise, but it's foolishness. And they're condemning themselves and cursing themselves by their acts and even putting the dragons at, at the borders of the city of London. You know, it, it's just, terrible what they've done to themselves because they're cursing each other cursing themselves and they're going to they're be destroyed because of their acts these acts well going back to Noah Noah made the vineyard and of course when uh, his son Ham came in and mocked him and went out and told him that he had got drunk from the wine what he was doing was mocking that wine that wine had that Noah was doing was doing in the way of the words and by that, he was learning, using that to, and, and giving it to his sons for the purpose of learning the eternal plan of God, which is obviously clear that he was successful because they all knew the one pure language at the Tower of Babel. And that's why Noah got so furious and cursed Canaan, um, Ham's son, because Ham's son was being like him. But remember what the Lord says. If you reject my knowledge, Hosea 4, 6, I will reject your kids. That's a law of God, and it goes back to Noah, and that's what Noah did. In other words, he mocked and scoffed at the Holy Spirit, which is the wine, and um, mocking the wine, 
as what Noah was drunk from, which was that wine. What was important about it was Noah did that to help his children to bring forth the eternal plan of God that would bring them back to the likeness of the Garden of Eden, which was the work he was given to do by his father, Lanark, for the kingdom and the blessing that he spoke over him. And so you see what was so terrible about what Ham did and why Canaan was cursed and why there won't be anybody in, in Zechariah fourteen twenty one. There will be no Canaanite in the land. In other words, you will not mock the words of God in the kingdom of God, or you will not enter the kingdom of God. And this today, you see so many preachers, when I first made known the knowledge of these words and sent it out to preachers in 2006, they gathered together and they mocked this knowledge and they scoffed it and saying it was straight from the pits of hell. And that's the same as Ham. So they need to understand that they were coming against what God said he would open at this time, which was the knowledge of his words, the knowledge of truth, Hosea 10, um, 24 to 31 tells you he's going to bring in knowledge of truth at this time. He told us in Zechariah 14, 7, that the day of the Lord would begin with the entrance of a light, which the entrance of light comes from what? His words, Psalms 119, 130. And so then he also, he told us he would judge us by his words. and He wouldn't do that if the words weren't open for us to receive. And that's what John 12, uh, uh, 10 to 17 says. So these preachers who scoffed at are Canaanites. They don't want to hear that, but that's exactly what they are. And they've become more like Canaan. They sell their ministries. They sell their, their messages. They sell all those things. They're merchant-type people. They're Canaanites in this time. Their wives need to understand to serve them you know, cold water to drink that they might come into the correction. They need to become like Joseph's wife and prepare her household, like Oxa, like Hannah, and... Uh, so many, and like the Proverbs 31 woman, Abigail, for example, and they need to do this very quickly or else they're going to find themselves cast out with their husbands because their husbands will be cast out from God as he's warning them in Matthew seven twenty one to 23. That's very important they understand this truth. Now, I'd like uh, to wrap up here with the comment of the day. Remember, I told you that people in history, it records it, that he would, people would sleep in uh, Joseph's house and be healed in the morning. Now, this is from history. It's not uh, in the scriptures, but it it is perfectly in alignment with the way of the words of God. Now, because his his house had the words in it, this testimony of his wife with the vineyard is very interesting. And uh, it was signed by Manasseh. So, when you go to the word day, like in the morning comes the day, and we are to be, uh, as Paul says in First Thessalonians 5, uh, 1 to 11, that we are to be of the light and of the day. Of the light means of the words of God, because the entrance of his words gives light. Nothing else gives the light that's, et- that's eternal. That's the only way that your lamp, your oil, will stay burning in the night, is that oil is knowledge. So the knowledge of his words gives light. That's that's very important to understand. And he tells us in Psalms 119, 130, that the entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. And he told us that understanding uh, knowledge is understanding of the Holy One, or understanding is knowledge of the Holy One. The Holy One, knowledge means the works that we're given to do. It's the sixth seal, I mean, the sixth spirit. And in the sixth day, you can see that he gave all of us our works that we're to do. What's the same with the Lord? 
God gives him the way the sixth spirit is knowledge. And knowledge is the work of the kingdom that we're to do. So oil is symbolic of that. And the uh, light is, uh, of course, when that entrance of his words. In other words, if we have knowledge to do the way of the words, then we're going to see the light. And that's what he says in in uh, John fifteen seven. He says, if you abide in my way and you um, abide in my words, then what you desire be done for you. And, of course, we all want to have eternal life. We want to have the light of God in us. So that is what that is. Now, the day. That's important for us to understand in this time. Because in the day, when the morning breaks, uh, God's uh, kingdom is coming. But what I'm trying to point out to you is is that you need to understand it's, it's like um, the will of God is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Catch me on this very carefully. The meaning of the word day is one of his words. And the meaning of the word day is that let's go back and look at uh, Joshua. When he wanted the moon to stand still and the sun to stand still in the sky, he asked the Lord for that to extend the day. And And God did it for him. He heard his voice and did what man asked. Now, God's desire his desire is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. And in this day, God is coming like the son of righteousness, Malachi 4.2. So you know that's the sun, the day. Did you catch that? Light is coming. So you know that it is the desire of the Lord that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So if you have an opportunity where you have the, the people, uh, you know, God is going to come and there's going to be a morning that the plagues come. Because he says the judgment is going to come in the night. He's going to seal his people. and He always seals his instruction in the night. So we know that when the sun rises, judgment will come. Did you catch that? Judgment will come. Those without the light must get the light. But they must have the oil in their lamp so it stays lit. Because when the morning comes, God's going to punish the wicked. The morning is coming in April. But what I'm trying to say to you is it's, it's like this statement in Joel 2, 12 to 20. The Lord tells us that we are to you know weep and mourn and we're to sanctify the congregation, sanctify the people, and then gather the priests and, and uh, uh, you know the elders and plead, come off the porch and plead before the porch. I plead before the porch for the people to be saved. God's desires all people uh, be saved and come to knowledge of truth. John 5, 24 tells us that they will believe on the voice of the Lord and the promises of the works of God. Therefore, if you have the people come to you and they want to get the knowledge and that judgment is very close or the war is very close or something destroying is very close, you can plead to the Lord Plead to the Lord of the day. In other words, you can tell him that, look, Lord, that don't bring this judgment upon these people. Allow these people that are here gathering to hear the word to, to have an opportunity to turn themselves to you, to receive the words, to understand this so that they can receive it before the destruction comes. And their Lord, you said there in Joel 2, 12 to 20, they will do this. 
dear Lord, than a sacred assembly. A sacred assembly is a holy assembly. It's usually eight days. It takes an eight-day time frame or a 10-day time frame. But if you are stuck and the people are desperate and the enemies are coming, they must turn and receive the words. If they receive the words, they're of the day. And if they're of the day, the Son of Righteousness will rise upon them. And it will drive this armies far away from them and keep them from the trouble. So you have this to meditate on and think about. Understand that the word day is like the Lord said, he's coming and he's going to, it's going to be, he's going to come like a thief in the night. They're going to be judged in the night. But the plagues come on them with the rising of the sun because righteousness cannot abound where evil is. So evil has to depart. And that's important for you to understand that concept. Evil must depart when he rises. He rises with the morning, the light of the day. So when you see these things, understand that he also gives his instruction in the night. And if you have his light, he can protect the people in that time. So there's it's just when you get into the situation, if you understand this concept of the day, understand that like Joshua used the, the extension of the day to destroy the people. But that's not the will of God. The will of God is this time is for us to be harvesters. The will of God is that people be saved and come to knowledge of truth. So you're asking God to do his will. And that's not against God at all. That's, that's exactly what he wants. He wants to harvest many. He wants to give them that opportunity. He can confuse the mind of the enemy and keep them until the people have had the opportunity to turn and plead out to him and to be sanctified and so forth. So you have this opportunity. Day is when he arises. And as he said in Joel 2, 12 to 20, if you will do these things, then he will hear you and he will drive those armies far away from you. And he always does that. And in in, he seals and keeps them in the night and troubles the enemy in the night. But he drives them away with the morning. And the sun rose, the Pharaoh and his troops died. And this time, they'll be driven away. He says he'll drive them far away from you because he has a plan to give them the plagues and the destruction they deserve at this time if they come against your people. But maybe those people will hear your word and hear the call and the spirit, spirit will stir them up that they might receive your word, the words of God, not your word, but the words of them, the words of God that are everlasting, that never fail. Isaiah 55, 11, then, then they, the earth and Heaven and earth can be destroyed, but his words cannot be destroyed. Those are the words that are inheritance. And he also said that those to whom the word comes, they're like little gods. And that's John ten thirty four to 36. And a human man cannot destroy a little god. And, you know, a little god should not try to destroy a human man. He should understand the appointed times of God. This is the harvest time. This is not, it's the hour of trial. The hour of trial is to harvest as many as possible. That is the work of the righteous. Joseph was righteous. Joseph was righteous. Noah was righteous. He saved the people who could be saved. Please, our job is to save as many as can be saved. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this message and you use it for good, Lord, that they might understand what is trying to be said. That your word day also has a promise to it. Lord, let them contemplate on that and understand the way of it. And let him understand, dear Lord, the day is a promise. Dear Lord, it's a way of you. And dear Lord, uh, you told us, dear God, a very interesting statement in all through Genesis. 
Genesis 1. And that is the evening and the morning or the first day. Let them understand this, Lord. See, you, you put all the instruction out there. You didn't seal it at that time. Sealing is, is the time, dear God, when we are using it, dear Lord. You're going to seal it with us. And Lord, once we're sealed with your word and we are with you, dear God, we'll never have the night again. Right now we have the ability of these times. Dear Lord, you use the night as light. Use it as a time to receive instruction that puts the, you know, seals the oil so that the light is lit. And Lord, you keep us through that time. And dear God, you always had the light lit in the in the temple. And the reason why it never went out, dear Lord, because it's the presence of you. Dear Lord, your your presence is light. Your presence is the words. And if the words are in us, there's no darkness can be there if the holy words are in us. And Lord, we pray that to understand it's not just scripture. It's the understanding of your works, the understanding of the promises of God, that these words are just tools to enable those. But dear Lord, those are unbreakable promises. And when you said, dear Lord, when you send out a word, it never comes back to your void. Let us celebrate that. We thank you, Lord, for your opportunity to do, to speak with this before you, that the people might hear. And Lord, I pray again, dear God, that allow the people to understand, dear Lord, this is unorthodox. But dear Lord, how do we get the message to them? They won't let it into the churches. They won't let it into buildings, the merchants. They won't let it into their houses. Lord, we pray that they might, and dear Lord, to begin to understand there's nothing more valuable to them at this time than your word. They don't understand how to enable your your amazements, dear Lord, the, the promises of God. They said, dear Lord, that Moses and his astonishments, those are the miracles that you did. But Lord, it was more than the people understood. Dear Lord, these are things, movements of your promises, movements of your works that are enabled by your words. Father, let them understand how simple this is and how wonderful it is. We ask all this in thy precious and thy holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.